Good evening. Allow me in just a few moments to say good evening. It's 2200 hours in beautiful California on the Pacific Coast. And right now I'm letting others know that I'm, I'm out here in case anybody just wants to chime in and see what's up. It's why not? But it's also, let's see, three hours ahead. It's midnight. Huh. It's midnight on the East Coast. Well, you know, that reminds me of Art Bell when I went uh, truck driving after college. I guess that's what there was to do. Art Bell would come on in the middle of the night. And you listen enough, Art Bell, good evening. They're, uh, Frank De Palma, 43 years in prison on a 10-year sentence and 22 years and 36 days in solitary confinement. Wow. Hey! It's my cat getting into a fight. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to shout. <laughs> cat fight, cat fight. Well, welcome, Frank. It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I didn't go to prison. I did serve in the Marine Corps. Prison-ish, um, but some of my good friends have served time. 22 years and 38 days in solitary confinement. I'd be interested to have some of your of your thoughts. Uh, in a very real sense, I think many of us are living our entire lives in solitary confinement. Oh, here we go. Uh, Frank. Uh, so it's it's a. Uh, not quite free fall, but uh, I love having guests because other than knowing and being ready for my own death, the only thing that's worth a damn is other people. Well, I was just browsing and I I stopped on yours and I was listening and I heard you mention my name. I said, whoa. <laughs> you know, uh, so I uh, thought I'd just join you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm just in sunny parlor. And Frankie J, all y'all, uh, welcome this evening. It's late over there on the East Coast. I was just about to talk about us. Now, I'm working on entering in a writing article. The Marine Corps is currently reconsidering its warfighting mission, and it's opened it up to all Marines, veteran active duties, inactive, to weigh in. And I've got thoughts on that. I've been thinking about it for a while, as a matter of fact. So if I may, and if you have any questions or, or have any points uh, you'd like to make or a thought, uh, just say, excuse me, and I will stop and let you uh, speak. Is that all right? Sure, sure. Okay. So about us. Well, being a pilgrim on point for the human collective is finding trails that unite, leaving identifiable breadcrumbs for others to discover when they're ready to accept truth. Now, truth is defined as true facts about something in the Oxford Dictionary. For the human collective, it's gotta be what we can all agree upon. Logically, this should be acknowledging and accepting the boundaries of human life. And we should acknowledge the, the, the boundaries of our playground in this reality. Uh, <laughs> so we don't go running off cliffs or anything. We're all born and we're all living now. And we all must pass through a singular subjective process of dying. And no one's gonna die our death for us. We should accept that at the moment of our death, 
each of us will know if we've done well enough by our own estimations for ourselves, right? Nobody ever judges us harsher than we judge ourselves, not even any big kahunas you might believe in. The practical and self-loving thing to do then, I reckon, is to determine our personal active process that will enable us to be ready for death at any moment. This frees our minds to see clearly what is around us now and ourselves within this moment fully. So literally, without any guarantees of reward or punishment, nobody's coming back and talking on the other side. Regardless of your, your belief system, we don't, what's not uh, provable to the collective is irrelevant for benefit for all of us. And, and in accepting the hard facts that it's, you have to die your own death and you have to be okay with it, which means what, Frankie? What do you think that means? That means what you thought your whole life was the only thing that mattered to make you okay with your own death, whenever that may be. How can you be okay with it? Now, now me, I just want to know I've always given 100%. I can't give any more than 100%. If anything wants more than 100%, fuck him, then go to hell. Pardon my non-French. But that's how I feel, and that's Marine speak, quite literally. But that's how I feel about it. I have to be that, that upfront about it. So nature takes over from there as I find my normal flow towards where gravity will lead us like water to the lowest level in the plane that we're in. Now, the pattern of self-validation is demonstrable in the express patterns of natural law. Cultures had rituals that people would go from childhood to adulthood. We've lost those practices, those rituals, those opportunities to sit with our elders and, and learn the basics. You know, make sure that we know the basics before we go uh, off building our a giant mansion on right on the sands of the beach where the tide's coming up. Does that make sense to you, Frank? I, for me, for me, uh, death is a part of life. It, yes, it's a process. It's not personal, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, if you can't accept death, then how can you really accept life? Bingo. I, I mean, I, I admit that I've become desensitized throughout my years, uh, to, to death, uh, that's the nature of your environment. But I still, I still acknowledge it as a, piece, a part of life. And right. that in order for me to appreciate life, I have to embrace the truth of death. Exactly. And, and really that death, that experience of death for each of us, that's, that's an understanding all of us has, no matter what uh, experience you have, where you were born, who you were born to, how much money you have or anything. All of us are going to have that same experience, and that should serve as a means for us to start our communication from and fall back to when we miscommunicate. Uh, so this agency activating pattern is found in the emergent patterns of our human behavior historically. I mean, it's on display all around us. This quest for matching knowledge with understanding for human species is called applied anthropology. Now, that's what I do, the study of the story of humans. Applied anthropology is a combination of all social sciences relating to human species. 
we understand the interconnectedness of our species within the natural world because it's a closed system. And we actively seek to identify patterns that are indicative of the challenges we all face, while also seeking to identify the pattern solutions to those challenges. Now, what I do, my, my Yobi Works thing, focuses mainly on history, sociology, archaeology, and expressing those found solutions through direct engagement like this. Consulting and the arts. Our main projects have been and will continue to be offered free of charge. What? Why is that, you ask? Why is that? Are you crazy? How are you going to make a living? We, we know that your success is our success. We recognize that when we monetize joy, we're tempted to combine love and fear because money is fear. That's all it is. It's, it's trying to stave off uncertainty. Now, both are valid emotions, but, you know, our hierarchical fear-based strategies are rampant in the world and dominating our history. And those strategies make the repetitive historical narrative we all know as history repeating itself. So we champion natural love-based structures because they're balanced systems. In current societal designs, what? They're fear-based, manifest by very few who benefit, and manifest by uh, those everyone outside the small circle maintain it, its continued existence through various strategies depend upon extracting value from us, like as if we were like food for vampires. Exchanging that for assets and maintaining the hegemony of power within their ready reach. Yet their lack of resilience over time is demonstrated as a repeating cycle that seeks to address the ultimate lack of integrity or consistency within the system that it's trying to fix. But we don't have an example of a love-based societal system in history. I think I think we killed them all and took all their stuff. <laughs> Probably. We believe this is so because to realize one requires an indomitable structure with at least about 80% collaborative co cooperation amongst members with agency, like you and me. I don't know about you, Frank, but I didn't grow up officially. I'm 49. I didn't grow up till last January when I realized, oh my God, I've been waiting for an adult to come tell me, congratulations, you have adulted correctly. You may now continue on with your adulting. Uh, and there's, there's just like, how do you know who's an adult? Well, they don't do engage in violence. Or they'd be like, what are you kidding? Why don't we play a game of bad gaming? You know, they, they don't need to cheat or steal because it's ridiculous. What, what are we kids? You know, it's, it's schoolyard rules right now. And, and that operates in prison, as I understand, doesn't it, Frank? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's rules that, uh, you know, like, you have the administration's rules, and then you have the gang's rules. And the gang's rules are the ones that matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you have society's rules, but I keep finding myself uh, under the under under what happens when people rumor about me and don't come talk to me directly. So I'm I'm going to make up a card. It's just going to say right on there, my stupid dorky face. It's going to say, "Hi, I'm recovering from PTSD, and I'm going to stay up late, and I'm going to work, do on do art and broadcast, and do weird eccentric things. If you have a problem with me, come talk to me directly." If you don't, well, you don't want to be—you don't want to be thought of as a kid, do you? <laughs> Tattling, come talk to me. So, eighty percent clear, transparent communication structures 
got to exist, and they maintain an open feedback loop and a progressive system of value assignment tracking and exchange. Did you know that love is quantifiable? Love. What? How is it quantifiable? It's not only quantifiable, but it's knowable, testable, repeatable, and you can make predictions off of it. Hi, Letitia. Southside submissions. Bree, hurt, hurting it. Hakeem Ali Bocas Alexander. Uh, Kendrick Avant. Frankie J again. Sonny Parlett. And that's a that's a killer beard there, Sonny. And Frankie. You look very friendly, Frankie. You've been friendly so far. I, I knew a, a De Palma. I met one at Burning Man. <laughs> uh, that place. Talk about looking in a mirror. So love, essentially, get this, industrial safety culture, right? You're in a hazmat or out in the oil field, requires full, open, and transparent communication at all levels. That means anybody can go to anybody they need to to get a safety issue addressed. Everyone has full workshop authority at all times. That's, this is what that means. Remember that story, the boy who cried wolf, and they tell you, don't cry wolf, or raise a false alarm, or you might yep. get it by the wolf. You know what's fucked up about that? It's where were the people who were supposed to respond to the cry of the wolf? Wasn't it their job to always respond no matter how annoyed they may be? That's the adult thing to do. Children go, yeah, I'm not gonna go. It's probably nothing. But where'd he go? Got eaten? Oh, that sucks. That's the last thing I ever wanna do is get eaten alive, personally. I'd rather burn or drown or any number of things, but I don't want to get eaten alive. It's just so impersonal. I just picture myself like on the ground getting eaten by uh, this crew of hyenas. And I'd be like, what do you think you're doing? You should like at least honor that I'm tasty or something, you know, while I'm, t they wouldn't be listening. Anyway, the difference is to access and control of knowledge and understanding. That's what the difference is between the systems, because astonishingly, the systems that are in place have all these capabilities. For our purposes, grasping our shared sense of the unequivocal parameters of our reality, along with the boundaries of our subjective and collective context, is essential for accepting the present along with ourselves. Get that. Enlightenment is simply acceptance. Enlightenment is searching for acceptance. Acceptance is just doing it. just accepting yourself. I, I was talking to a therapist two years ago and I, I caught myself mid-sentence. I said, you know, I need to change. And I stopped and I said, you know, I've been doing this for 47 years. Maybe it's time for me to just start accepting that this is how I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm probably going to annoy you. I'm probably going to piss you off. I'm probably going to offend you and challenge you. But if you need somebody, I'm going to be right there. Like the annoying savior that you needed to have there with a jack for your flat tire. You know, it'll annoy the hell out of you, but I'll be there helping. What do you think? Are you, would you, are you, are you, how do you trust? What do you do, Frank, when you engage with people? Do you give them, do you assess them quickly and then give them a measure of trust or is it just an active process for you? I give, I, I treat everyone with caution that I meet, everyone. I don't shut the door on them. But I know my moral compass. I know my standards, like what I'll accept, what I won't accept. Sure. And I'll simply spend that time observing that guy, just getting a feel for him. And I'll decide from 
my gut feelings, uh, you know, whether this person is worth pursuing or getting to know or go my own way. Now, Frank, real quick, I love that answer. Thank you so much. Uh, you got about 45 seconds left. If nobody else wants to chime in uh, and three or four minutes pass, I'd love you to call back in, okay? All right. Well, I've got uh, I got to check on somebody. Uh, but I, like I said, I found it interesting, so I popped in. But if well, I yeah. have time, I will come back. See, that's what's beautiful about this is what made it interesting is when you popped in. <laughs> thank you, Frank. Hey, thank you. Anytime. Pleasure's all ours. Hey. So, do it again. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I look forward to it. Yeah. So, so for our purposes, we need this unequivocal boundary that we all agree on. Now, when I discovered truth back in 2020, it, I tell you what, I always go things backwards. I start with the answer and I go looking for the questions. And I put this one off to the very end because I knew if I didn't find it, it was either truth or death. And that's just where I was at. 2020. Fortunately, I found truth. Who knew I would find it at the end of a logical conjecture? And that would be a logical conjecture about un, un, uh, unconditional love. So I was thinking like, oh, give me a love. That's not quite like a human concept. I mean, necessarily it's a human concept, right? Because human had to have thought of it. But why would a human think of it? Because who would do that? You just it's like going out and saying, hey, I'm right here and I've got everything anybody wants to have. You don't you don't even have to take it from me by force. I'll just give it to you. I just accept you as you are. Now, externally, we're not in a place where that's self-love. You got to put the oxygen mask on your own face first. And Frank had the right of it. You've got to be cautious. Now, if you're like me, and turned out to be like an exceptionally nice guy. <laughs> I, I, uh, I extended at least the minimum of what I think I would do in a situation to most people when, when the metric was actually the opposite. Uh, yeah. Any wisdom that I have, I've said it before and I'll say it again, is the consolation prize I have for surviving my own damn brain because my goodness, I, I, things I, I have survived. You know, we reflect internally. Self-validation, it makes sense. People don't remember and remind or aren't reminded in their daily lives that we are of two minds. We have a subconscious and a conscious mind. Now, the subconscious is our dreaming mind, right? It is actually the analytical problem-solving pattern-matching part of us. It's the night auditor. Waking mind is just like, yeah, washing too many sense portals and, and data. So it has to process it. It begins when you enter sleep immediately. The first thing when you enter REM, the first thing your brain does is run through the day's events. They've demonstrated this in research as that's exactly what happens. Um, so the funny thing is, the ironical thing is that the problem solver, the analytical part of us, can only communicate with our waking minds through abstract ideas, images, and dreams. Great. It'll sink in. 
So the, we go from uh, am I to I am. And if it's authentic and you're not faking it till you make it, like most people seem to be doing right now, uh, not not judgy, that's just that's the way it is, because trust me, there's a lot of work needs doing. Enlightenment or acceptance, as I call it, isn't all that sexy. It just there's a lot of sweeping needing doing, and there's not enough people with a broom. So that becomes an I am that will draw in because love and fear are two sides of the same magnet, right? They're dependent on each other. One pushes, that's fear. If it, anything pushes, it's good intentions are pushing. Money is exchanging our participation in someone's life with IOUs. That's pushy. That's fear-based. Love draws. It does not exert power at all. Love, <laughs> the gospel of love. See, I don't call God God. I call God love. I, that was the first thing I called it, love. And that's what I'm, gonna, I'm calling it again. As soon as I accepted the logical conjecture of unconditional love and the absolute uncertainty of anything, out, knowing anything outside of life, I felt love like I did when I was six years old, when I first dedicated myself to the will of love. And I whirled around in my doorway and I said, have you been there the whole time? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Because, <laughs> you know, when I first experienced it, it was just a glowing ball and it just like did its own thing. It didn't speak. It didn't do anything. I couldn't anthropomorphize it into any kind of person or anything. It just couldn't. But it wouldn't get on the stage in my mind when I was working out scenarios unless it was, unless it, this topic was love. And it would get up there and demonstrate love. So we find another I am, and the question is, are we? And then when the question flips the query to the positive response of we are in a good partnership where two whole people are engaged with each other, there's a collective, are we? And that subconscious collective has set its intent to wake up. It is groggily aware of the annoying beep, 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 and, and, and what's that? Is that some, some burning? It's, it's intends to wake up. This, these are in patterns all around the world. You look at the communications, uh, what people are writing about. The last two, two and a half years, ever since I started talking about this, more people are talking about exactly this. And what I find incredibly neat is I had speculated in my hypothesis previously that uh, in intellectual evolution, so to speak, if I have a great idea, if you have a great idea, eight other people in the world have almost the exact same idea. Who's going to make it happen first? Ta-da! Well, it doesn't matter because I don't need the credit. Do you need the credit? No, I don't need credit. I hate credit. I don't take these credit cards. I only buy things if I have the cash. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. That's why I'm debt-free. <laughs> Just because I hate credit cards. It's a slippery slope. Oh, it's only... It's only 78% times the order of 10 to the second 10 uh, if you miss a payment. Great. <sighs> so each of us must acknowledge logically that our reality has boundaries, and that's valid and accepted. Each person must confront the inescapable facts of our entry into and definition of life, whose meaning is informed through the contrasting process of our singular 
subjective death. Now, to do this with both our waking minds, our consciousness, our emotional minds, and our subconscious analytical intellectual auditing minds moves us from am I dying? Now, once you've gained clear sight of our present context to understand each polarity of life's choose your own active strategy magnet, where love resides in the powerless draw and fear is the thing that pushes, both, it is important to understand, are active processes of being, not nouns or verbs, although they are both certainly that as well. So think of Gulliver's Travels. He was shipwrecked on an island. It was the island of the Little Pushins. While he slept, uh, they tied him down, the Little Little Pushins tied him down. He woke up being tied down. Think of it that way. We are Lilliputians and Gulliver at the same time, except we're cannibalizing Gulliver before he wakes up, and he's going to wake up screaming, bloody murder, and uh, God help us, we've like cannibalized ourselves to the point of, nope, that's not going to happen. I'm not even going to say it out loud. Do you know why? Because words are important. Joined as we are by a shared design and function of our similar hypothalamus subconscious, which is absent the diverse waking life experience while in lockstep in shared dream and abstract communication with the rest of us and each other. All those psychic uh, abilities or weird phenomena, uh, it may be even uh, those, those feelings of... Uh, things being familiar. Oh, dang. It went right off the top of my tongue, off the high dive, belly flopped in the, in the water of, oh, oh no, what's that word? <laughs> so who do we got here tonight? We got Robin Black. I speak about the problems in society today and provide healing from a spiritual and psychological view. I hope you don't mind me reading your thing. Um, Frankie J. Sarah Duvall. Just to understand what or how we really think with all the different perspectives we use in our everyday living. Now, Chris, he's an interstellar frequency. He talks about divine intervention. Hmm. Okay. I, I might have a challenge to that divine intervention because I, I, I maintain that any expression of power negates unconditional love in its acceptance and would negate any possible watermark for any deity with agency outside of a reality in doing so. Now, the, there's a, a projected Lucifer, which is the morning star. Why is that? The morning star is what sailors correct their navigation across the, the oceans of life with. We need contrast. Without it, there's no way to be able to understand a concept because we have nothing to contrast it against. That's why in many creation myths, there's often a contrasting concept that is at the very beginning made. I'll go to Christianity just because it's my quickest and easiest to go to. He separated the light from the darkness before he made the light uh, day and night. It is a metaphor. And that metaphor in the Garden of Eden, 
is when we gained knowledge collectively of ourselves and where we were headed and the absolute uncertainty that earth will have an end that offended us we didn't have understanding because it's when we left the garden of eden of our own innocence internally we were the ones who put metaphorical angel at the gate with a fiery sword why do you think everyone buys in so easily and quickly into the idea of grace which on its face infers that if something is being extended mercy is being extended to those who are undeserving why are we undeserving because in the end what grace means is because the first sin the fall of adam means that we are all bent towards evil naturally without the grace of, of a deity we're doomed to evil i reject that i reject that because first john 4 8 says it is not loving it is not of god for god is love i take that and i hold all scripture against it it's not loving it's not of god because it's either consistent or not god is ineffable who are we to figure out the mind of god screw that <laughs> when we were kids we put away i mean we thought as a child we spoke as a child we act as a child when we were adults we think as adults and act as adults and the prodigal son's father perfect example of an accepting loving father whose child has gone into adulthood his prodigal son comes up dad dad i want all my inheritance and all my trust fund money and my car my keys and uh, see ya i might i might come back i might not takes off everyone thinks stories about the prodigal son it is and it isn't i think the important thing is in the chicken and the egg which came first the chicken you dummy <laughs> something had to lay the egg so <laughs> sorry i keep thinking of my pastor when i was a kid yeah the problem with the living sacrifice this always crawling off the altar. Hell yeah, it's crawling off the altar. No one wants to be a sacrifice. Hell no. So when he comes back finally, and he's going, Dad, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll do whatever you want. I'll be a servant. You can put me in servant quarters. He's not having nothing of it. He just accepts him, put the robes on, throw the big party. Hey, my kid's back. Yay. Didn't go. So we need to talk about this. Uh, we need to come to an understanding. I don't know if I've forgiven you in my heart. Now, what, what that demonstrates is family never cuts off family, ever. And if, if it happened in the past and people think it's justified, that's a misnomer of the emergent feature that's being identified because Somebody's come in, Chris. Because it's not loving. It's not a benefit. We haven't, ha we don't have open, transparent communication systems on all levels. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, hold on, I, hold on. If I could do that, good evening. <laughs> good evening. Oh, oh my. Hello. 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 
That's, oh, oh, wow. oh, that was Donald Duck right there. Oh, oh, I'm goofy. Yeah, I got the whole Disney cast here. They've they've been like in trouble and back in Disneyland, and so like they've had <laughs> there you go. That, there bad you go. They get a little salty though. Like, you know, it's, been, it's been hanging out with my mom lately, a little goofy, and like, well, you know, some we all got to have cable, right? Yeah, right, right. Well, I don't have cable anymore because it's like too damn expensive. I remember the old days of actually having the bunny ears and, and stuff on the TV box and slapping the TV to make it right. And yeah. Just just to have TV. It's like, no, hold it right there. <laughs> yeah, and turning it, going up and turning the knob. What I liked, Oh, yes, yes. What I liked is we had TV guides that said at the top, and I would joke about this with people. I'd go, what's it say there at the top? And they go, uh, the time? No, no, no. What Further up. Uh, the name of the show is the schedule? No, further up. Daily programming? That's it. What about yeah. it? Well, isn't that great? That's what makes America great. In America, you get to choose your type of brainwashing and win. That's called freedom. <laughs> and I was joking. And now I see that my jokes have, like, come home to roost. Well, hey, it's it, very interesting part where you were going with on, on family and stuff. Uh, you were talking about the, uh, uh, fa you, how did you say it? The family, you never put your family out or something. You never, you never cut family off. There you go. Never. Cut so let me, off. let me, if, if there's an, what I'm proposing for the Marine Corps mission is to be an indomitable esprit service corps, uh, a wall, an indomitable wall that meets with equal force, but never aggresses. If we do that in practice, what's that mean? Uh, see, I don't think turn the other cheek. I think that's for, no, turning the other cheek is going to encourage more slaps on the other cheek back and forth. You'd just be like Batman. Yeah, that was, turning the other cheek was in the past, and now it's time for action. You know. Oh, no, well, you can be indomitable. The, the, the most successful gamification strategy ever de demonstrated out of probably hundreds of thousands of scenarios run is indomitable. Somebody comes at you, you meet with equal force, you stop the attack, right? Nullify it, and they stop attacking. You don't press the advantage. What's that mean? That means if you walk by somebody who is molesting a child, you stop that molestation. You protect that child. You ensure it's never going to happen again. But we can't do anything. Go with me on this. I'm going to take it further than, than you expect. And I always Shoot. go a little further than most people expect. Shoot. Is that person has their own agency. I didn't give it to them. I cannot take it away. Their conscious mind might have committed the crime, but their subconscious mind didn't. And that's what ties them to the collective, right? It might have been sending all kinds of dreams and signals. Hey, you don't want to do that. But research has definitively shown that when we try and not think about the polar bear, we'll think about the polar bear. In fact, we'll obsess about the polar bear. It's, And that's what I think. That's my theory of what's happening. I sure I've been in. That's you know, that's that's interesting. You almost want to change your your mind your your little tags at the bottom, almost to mindfulness and and oneness. <laughs> well, it's all it's all one. It's just they only let me pick two, so I have to pick two. Yeah. And uh, let, let me put it to you this way: is that I know there was a time when I reminisced about ah oh, young love, and then thinking about my first 13 year old uh, girlfriend uh, but I imagine if I was like over critical of myself I might go oh, I'm thinking about my 13 year old girlfriend I'm thinking about 13 year old that's sick what am I doing stop 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 and then 
I find myself thinking over and over and over and over and over again. Next thing you know, you know, like he's hitting up people with trench coats with toddlers in, on the inside straps. But did, I, I make I, I, I'm sorry, is, I'm not really following you on that. But well, okay. this, is, this is my thought process is that if we are not cutting people off and we are open and transparent, therapists are taking place of the role that family played for each other. Okay, now that, that, so, but it's a transaction. I, I see where you're going. It's a transactional engagement. You know, I spent three years with my therapist for the VA. I did a painting of him, and he gave me a fake address, a fake forwarding address, because of professional requirements or whatever. I can't send him a painting. Are you kidding? It's cut off totally. That kind of like invalidates the whole three years of of talking to each other. But if we were family, well, you can't like tell Uncle Mel a fake address. He'll so it could, he, he couldn't. They, there couldn't been like an actual pew box somewhere or something. Mm -hmm. like really? Yeah, I mean, and it's transactional. And let 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 me even make it more granular. If the time comes that that therapist has to tell you something they know, will send you out the door and. They are depending on you for their livelihood. They have a toddler and two teenagers in a mortgage. Are they going to be honest when it's necessary and needful at the cost of their livelihood? Or are they going to justify? That's that's pretty sad. That's that's pretty much the 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 what the labor. Uh, wage labor slavery thing that we're dealing with in the country. It's, it's, it's believing that we, all they did was double down on the idea of grace. If we are evil, if we have no value, then we have to prove our value first. And then they will extend credit based on our projected value. And if we mess up once, mm -mm -mm, we're in trouble, but it doesn't work both ways. It never has. They are never held to the same standard. Uh, for instance, criminal justice system. First of all, why is Lady Justice blindfolded? Maybe so that way she can't see the truth. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone, the lawyers will say it's to be objective, but she can't actually see who's weighing or padding her scales. Now, in criminal court, if you're innocent till proven guilty, and all you have to do is put doubt in the mind of one juror or or bribe one judge, then the guilty have a higher percentage or chance of getting off. So if they get a better lawyer and they play with the words and whatnot, it becomes those who have money and assets and means, they will have justice. They will the law works for them. And that's that's the meta pattern. Yeah, but but the thing is we also have a higher law that we barely are discovering as the human race. What do you mean by that? You mean natural law, like what Thomas Bacon was writing about? I'm not familiar. So natural law just says that there's patterns that are evident in nature that govern communities in nature, and we're in nature. Those are the inherent natural laws that govern us. Like, for instance, do you have the right to life, liberty, in pursuit of happiness, or do you have a right to live? Well, the answer is only if we confer it. I mean, you don't deserve anything. I mean, you could be grabbed by your ankle and your brain's dashed against the wall immediately after you're born, right? There's no guarantees. But right. 
in civilization, we work towards creating the sense of safe and safety and space for that to exist. Right. So, if that exists, if you write it down, you're admitting in writing it down that it can be taken away. Because if it's natural and inherent, why would you need to write it down? It's obvious. Because of society and everything that's already here established. Right, right. It, and, and I'm, I'm a child of uh, history. I like stories of people, right? So uh, people see dates and timelines and all that, and I see like stories. I want to like find out what, what it was like to be in those days. Like, what would it be like to be farmer and like at any moment some dudes could come over a hill and like take everything I have? Oh, that would suck. I'd, I'd have to like be good at a sword or a hatchet or something, right? Or uh, get help, you know, them out because they must be in need and give them some, you know, supplies if you have abundance. Right. Well, we don't know what's over the ridge. And this is the first time in human history that we've all been interconnected in this way. In, 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 in the app way or this new design of this Internet way? What, what are we talking about? That we can have knowledge travel around the world almost instantly. The other week, me and a friend tried getting on four platforms live on Clubhouse. And what we were trying to demonstrate, is it possible to have your collective perspective, like our big 30,000 foot view, and still be in our subjective? Because I'd had this dream where uh, like I was a big me looking at little me controlling the obstacle course I was going through, but I also could see through little me's eyes running through the course. But Interesting. Uh, yeah, so we actually can be at the foot of the mountain, the top of the mountain, in the space station on both sides of the planet, and have a global whiteboard that serves as a marker or an azimuth for collective truth. Like, right. we all get together, and on the whiteboard we go, okay, we're saying, just for uh, making sure our navigation is right, the azimuth is going to be 2 plus 2 equals 4. And we mark it for... After 15 minutes, everyone, nobody counters that. Everyone agrees that's a baseline azimuth. That's a, a basic uh, thing, a structural thing. Uh, and then all the tokens get sent out to everybody uh, so that nobody can cheat. Everybody has the marker to prove it. Uh, and, and those things that are needful so we don't turn around and go, wait, what? when did two plus two become five? Hey, you know. <laughs> right. What do you mean you, you counted zero? Zero is just a symbolic marker. You can't count that. It's a no, you know. So here's a question for you. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of the idea of the so-called awakening of, of other individuals out there that, that are awakening up of, that there's this higher force that well, has existed and always has been existing. Well, whether it's a higher force, I can't say whether it's a higher force. What I can say is what is, this, this is the deal. In self-validation, I can believe anything I wish and as long and as validate myself, if I have agency, I can go anywhere I want with that, but I can't promulgate it amongst the collective if the collective can't also prove it and verify it because we're in a closed loop system. What happens to one of us affects all of us. If you go out in the woods, live your whole life like Grizzly Adams, mm -hmm. never talking to anybody, 
that actually has an effect on everyone else because your life is a ripple that cannot be ignored right. in a closed system. It's impossible to ignore it. Right. What does that mean? That means that the, the strategy of the winner of the argument is the one without the bullet in their head is not a good strategy. All it does is remove our ability to understand the now that is going to come. There's going to be some challenge and we won't be able to understand it because that knowledge we killed and buried it. Mm-hmm. And that in covering up a lot of it. Then again, it is all necessary. You think so? Absolutely. Let me. Is there anything perfect? Is anybody perfect? No. I would pretty much say no. Are you unique? Mm, fine. Are you the only you that can see and perceive and experience out your two eye peepers? Are you the only one who gets to rummage around in your brain pan? Uh, yes and no. Uh, is it so? There is another you around there somewhere. Yes. You have a twin. Uh, possibly, but no. that's not. Are you saying physically, mentally, spiritually? What? What? What exactly are you saying? Because when, you, when you're riding the waves of the consciousness mind, then you're one with all. But but, so, what, but where you but where you reside right now, you right here right one now. you that can inhabit your space. There's only one you that can do that. That means you are unique in your space. Uh, in fact, no thing and nobody can do you better than you. Right. Because you, you do you perfectly. Right. Because you are a perfect example of yourself. By what model are you to be judged against? Why do you want to be like Jesus or like George, Jordan, Michael Jordan? They Only they can be them. Right. So you, so that's the first thing that got me started on this. If that's backwards, what else is backwards? Everything's perfect? Wait, what? <laughs> that means everything has value inherently. <laughs> well, you're onto something there. Definitely onto something. And that's a deep rabbit hole that you're going down. Oh, this rabbit hole. Man, that rabbit hole is, it's, it's not a hole. Because get this, we are beings of matter wrapped around a hole that starts at our mouth and ends at our mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. call back call back if you want or we'll give three minutes for anybody else to call nobody else calls and you can call back so we are whole beings wrapped around a hole current physics indicates that the universe is likely been given birth by Singularity, a singularity being what? Beyond the event horizon, that's where our physics and, and mathematics and hypothetical uh, musings uh, break down. We don't know. That's why it's called the event horizon, because we don't know. But we, you and I, my friend, my friends, we, we appeared in this life, in existence, already beyond the event horizon, and, and we're looking around and Everyone's heading towards the singularity. And when they go through the singularity, it's just gone. They're not coming back. Nobody, nobody knows what that means. And, and there's this other dude who's a little bit ahead of me, heading towards the singularity. And he keeps pointing back at me and going, you're not dying right. You're doing it wrong, buddy. How does he know? <laughs> 
He didn't go to the other side and come back. So I did everything in my power to keep it simple. It's zero and one. You know, so, what, I, I, what I find very interesting, right, yes, is, this, is this cosmos and this universe that we live in, right, has all these planetary bodies and all these different stars and everything that's out in the cosmos. Yep. And yet you, you and I as human beings, if you are human, <laughs> no, I'm a meat popsicle. <laughs> if we are I only use my other regular voice to make right. people feel relaxed. Right, right. That's, that's a whole comedy bit right there. And here we are as human beings made up of billions and billions of cells of the body, right? And each, each cell one functioning them, like a machine. Exactly. Each cell working together as one goal is to keep us alive. Now, so, let me go ahead. You, I was going to keep going. First. You, you can go. I'm rubber your glue first. You go. All right. So you have all these cells that are keeping you alive, made up of billions and billions of cells. And then you have tiny little microorganisms that are basically cohabitating with you as the host. Yep. But yet you're not really the host. You're one thing. Yeah. And yet we're here cohabitating on that this beautiful blue rock floating through space. And that is a pattern in nature that is, oh, you will see it over and over and over and in over again. everything. Yeah, and it, only 30% of us is considered unique in the book by Michael Biome by blah, 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 Dr. Blah, blah, blah. Well, that's because of brainwashing and not, you know. You know, the one, that, that good old, what's his name? You know, the one with the face. I'll never forget him. I don't uh, know. <laughs> Uh, so this is the deal. Picture the zero as representative of what's outside of life, what's outside of this reality, everything outside the zero, everything within the zero is our reality. It is our subjective experience, right? Put oh, yourself that's as basically one. the soul, I guess is what you're saying, right? Well, it, it's, it's neither here nor there <laughs> to call it what it is, but I mean, I think it's a misnomer. It's a misidentification of an emergent feature that we're mis we're misunderstanding. Right. And, but but the, follow me real quick. Okay. So if you are a one, and this I love this. There, it is a greater infinity to go from nothing, and ha and have something become, than to be something and gain everything. It just means it's harder to make something out of nothing. But you're the one in the zero, right? Mm -hmm. Now, before you become a mature adult, you're you kind of like have a a one that it's like you have no barriers around you, right? So you're like a one, surrounded by all these other ones all around you, uh, but you don't have any barriers. You're a kid. You're like, I will pay you a hundred dollars right now, Chris, if you can look around you at everything in your eyesight. And if it is possible, and I'm going to trust you on this, that you can find anything that you cannot imagine what it would feel like on your tongue, and, and try not to be frightened and disgusted when, as you do this, because I, I still haven't found anything I can't imagine feel like on my tongue. That's how confident I feel. Can you imagine? 
Is there anything in your field of view that you can't imagine what it would feel like on your tongue? Um, yeah, pretty much what? Every, everything. You I can't. Mean, you can't imagine. What I it really like? cannot imagine what anything would feel on my tongue. That I really? really? No, I can't. That that. Like if you look at a glass and you and you can't imagine what it would feel like on your if you put your tongue on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, or, or a metal pole. Or okay. Or a rock. Well, yeah. Or drink or or my vape. Yeah. Or I'm not, okay. I'm not okay. Like yeah, what? <laughs> you know those spirits around you? Can't you imagine what they'd feel like on your tongue? That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I I just I I we're going with that. I I just I you know, I, we were talking about this wholeness, and then now we're talking <laughs> about. Either. We're talking about individual objects or things. So we were first out here, and now we're back here. So <laughs> it, is, it is funny that the, that the hole is the thing in the middle of the donut, but it's also the thing everybody wants to be. Hole. All right. Oneness. Now, so you're that one, and you're uh, MI. Now, if parents raise you and give you critical and, and logical and analyzing skills, which our education system does not do at this point. Used to, not no more. Well, I can't say if it used to. Man, before my lifetime could be pure made-up fantasy. We could be on a spaceship in some alien uh, galaxy and while they're running experiments on our artificial avatars roaming around in their freaking supercomputers, for all I know. Good point. All I can know is what's in front of me. So what's in front of me is... What's solid? That's what I can taste, feel, touch, Matter. and know. Matter. Uh, and, and we survived childhood, so, you know, I don't think we need to, I think we're far more resilient than we think. Not only because they know, they've pinpointed the uh, specific DNA sequence that in a gene of our cells that is effectively the switch, where suddenly, for no other reason that we can determine, the cells of the body go, time to die, and they just die. Yeah, but, why is that? Why do you think that is? Well, in mice and rats, they have stopped that trigger from happening, and the bodies of these rats kept rejuvenating. Mm -hmm. And they, became, they had young bodies. We could do that ourselves. Right. But the scariest thing I ever heard here in the Bay was about 10 months ago, a gentleman I met who was in the first tech bubble. He's like kind of a grandfather. Well, he's middle-aged, but his grandfather here truly believes when he says this, death should be a choice. I agree. Now, that's frightening because somebody who believes death can honestly be a choice and should be a choice that's offered will do anything to anyone and for anyone who promises that it is a choice, they will do anything to achieve it because they are that frightened of, the, of death. Right. I'm not going to say anymore because he, <laughs> yeah. because I told him he had to accept his death too. He did not like it. Um, so I'm, I'm not a rich guy, by the way. Uh, so when you validate, you go from you, you go from a, a MI1 to a one with a boundary because you why, know why would it can you only be... Quite question, why would you need a boundary? Because you can't be unconditional with everyone in the world. 
Trust is an active process. It's not something that you give someone and they, it's a badge they wear until they prove they are unfit to wear it because that exposes you to the worst case scenario unnecessarily. Because so basically thing, history repeating itself. Because this is the danger of the revelations. This is the danger of our political system. Is because all someone has to do who truly has evil intent is get to the position they desire and they can they will act any way they need to to get to it because once they have their finger on that button it's their button interesting because when we don't take out ego and money out of politics and by the way my my open source uh, hatch system that anybody can use by the way it's for use is uh, dependent upon anonymized core team that only serves a term and if they do good work they focus on the work uh, they get the gratitude when they are done with their term our government should be the same way it should be like jury duty you get a summons you got to go serve as a senator for two years and base housing or government housing uh it's and and you you're anonymized until you're done with your service you know i have a question for for the, the this thought i did not realize that the president here in the states actually makes money being the president i yeah. actually thought that the president was not making any money and they basically get whatever the hell they want because we elected them and it's all taxpayer dollars I had no idea that the president actually brings in an income. Are you freaking kidding me? The president and the president's wife, until both of them are dead for their entirety of their lives, and also so do the senators and so do the uh, representatives, because they call themselves servants of the people, and yet they can have a secret meeting. There's classified and above top secret. Wait, we gave them our house keys, we gave them our bank account number, we gave them our car, and we said, when we come back, you open the door for us, right? And when they didn't open the door, we went, what? We got to do what? We got to go back to the beginning of the line? What? What's happening? But this is my, my, okay, okay, I'm going to the end of the line. You know, that's... <sighs> that's interesting. I did, I really never knew that. I, I just found that out not that long ago. And we, went, we also have... Wow entire buildings and blocks and areas of corp American corporations overseas. All of those people are doing uh, the same work that Americans are doing, but they're getting paid the minimum wage of their country. And I should have known that. I should have understood that to be the case, but I didn't. Why wouldn't we pay them our minimum wage? Then everyone would be beating down our door to be here because it would prove that we are not attached to it. I'm getting off topic here. Self-validation is the important thing. And all of us have this urge to want to help other people first and validate in how we help others. In other words, we want to validate by serving others. We, we consider that to be the highest calling. It is not. Because if you don't put the oxygen mask on your face first, how could you understand what it means to serve others? Interesting. It, it's more than it, interesting. It's required. It's, well, it's logical, too. So if you're talking about a situation at hand of a fire, per se, and you run into the fire, you don't have an oxygen mask, you know, you're kind of SOL. Yeah. So 
therefore you have to put on the oxygen mask. So you you have to go down the logical road. Really. Yeah, you're never going to save the baby that's crying in the burning house if you run in with uh, flammable clothes going, oh, save you. That, that, that's not necessarily going to work. You, you might get lucky. But the fact is, and this is, the, I went searching for the historical Jesus. I went searching for anything to validate everything I'd been taught my whole life. I used to preach um, when I was 12 and 16, like they would let our teens have Sunday night. Uh, I was raised in Louisiana. God. I went to Christian church, man. I ate, slept, breathed the Bible. I didn't listen to any uh, contemporary music till I was 12. That was Boston. I got Boston. I lost my mind over Boston. And I, my first Everybody does. At eight. I mean, I was like the straight-laced guy, but super naive and gullible. Very trusting. So, what was it? What was I saying? Uh, you were talking about being uh, what you were talking about being a church going person very gullible yes and yes. you were having a life change yes i was just checking to see how good your memory was but no 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 i totally slipped my mind thank you very much chris you're hired for the next minute 52 seconds <laughs> this is the deal so i went looking for the historical jesus as a historian I can guarantee you we cannot fix a fix the personage of the rabbi Yahshua or Yahashua ben Yosef of Galilee in the historical timeline. One, because there were so many Yahshua's and Yahshua's. It was a popular name back then. It's kind of like Aiden is now. Uh, not only that, we don't have any contemporary uh, verification of his existence. We do have mentions of his brother. Uh, James, uh, which was Jacob, they didn't have the letter J back then. That's my point, is, is that J came from Iosis, uh, Hellenic uh, term, and it was a later term. But look, how can you call a thing by another name and it be the thing? What are you drinking there, buddy? I'm drinking a Coke. Yeah, what kind? Dr. Pepper. That's a good one. So that means, you know, that's the deal. So when you go back there, you yell, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Nobody's going to know what you're talking about. Nobody's going to understand. Nobody's going to be, have, because the J, it didn't exist in that time. So it serves as a historical model that overlays the potential real person. And that historical model then becomes more important than the historical person. The historical person when I finally understood the context of his life, because that's what you have to do if you want to consider historical time period, you have to really learn about what it was like to live in those days, to put yourself in their shoes. He was more like me than probably anybody I could probably imagine. He, he was a misfit, really smart, asked all the wrong questions. I mean, when he was 12, he walked away from his parents and just vanished for a couple of days. They found him at the temple. He's impressing the Pharisees said, then with all his questions, smarts, his knowledge of the scripture, right? When he grew up and became a man, they were like, yeah, I don't like you so much now. You make my size and I look like you'd fit in my robes here in the Sanhedrin. Uh, but what he did was a direct challenge. And I think it's most likely more probable that he existed than he did not. This is what his teaching at its heart was. Right, his teaching was 
The temple that you worship at is an external embodiment of something, as if it's going, like, the Almighty is going to come and live in the temple in this in the little box behind a curtain. No. He said, it, the temple is the body. The body is the temple that houses any notion that might be divine. And when Pharisees challenged him, he said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. What he was saying, exactly this, because Jews wrote in a pesher, it's a story within a story, because Romans, but anyway. Uh, what he was saying is, love yourself with all of your being and accept yourself. And in doing so, you are informed of how you can love others. Because love accepts, love doesn't guilt, love doesn't crawl up on a cross because I'm telling you, you're gonna have the same experience the rabbi did on the cross and nobody got him down until they thought he was dead. His parent, his mom's standing there looking up at him. I knew you did appear. I think of life of Brian. You always look on the bright side of life. But I, I have put myself on the cross. It's this is what's crazy. Is that the message of love is so simple and pure and easy to understand. It's accepting. It's internal. That what we do and what happens is the thing we think is the way becomes our biggest stumbling block. When in fact, it still is our biggest example of the way. He crawled up on his cross. And I'm going to challenge you right now. This is going to be hard for some people to hear, but I want you to have an open mind. Shoot. He said in the Garden of Gethsemane, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Why would love ask him to sacrifice himself? And you know what? When he was praying, he did hear a voice, his own. I prayed to, to what I now fa had found out love was God. And I, the first time I prayed externally, my prayer to God was I wanted to hear his voice because I needed something to hang on to for my world to make any sense. I had heard nothing but crickets. It wasn't until 2020 when I considered it, it as like, holy shit, I heard my own voice, which means what? It means on the inside of my heart isn't to come in, it's to be let out. That it's always been there waiting from birth, naturally, because like you said, it's all one energy experienced at different states. Mm -hmm. the, the Jews believed in Kabbalah and Zohar that they called it Adam Kadmon. That uh, I, what know. I don't understand is that everybody's fighting over it. Like, come on, oh. it's simple, people. You know why? Shoot. It's because we have been intentionally by design. If you read the abstracts from DOD and the think tanks in the 40s, 50s, 60s, we've been by design put in a state of dependence and constant state of outrage and injustice because we are pliable in that way. Uh, programmed. Yep. Yeah. Look, I went to Marine boot camp. Every single thing I did in boot camp was a thing training me for something else from like pooping, from washing myself, from holding my drink. It was all in prep for something else within boot camp. Now, 
what I, I realized is that at least in the military, we know what's going on because everyone knows about it. We signed a contract to that effect. But out here, for some reason, we think the same thing wouldn't happen or occur. Now, why is that? Why wouldn't we? If power corrupts absolutely, that means a little bit of power corrupts. So how do you take power out of the, the equation by taking your ego out of it? Mm -hmm. It's not no, about no, you. No ego whatsoever. And <clears throat> being able, you'd have all the power in the world. Well, you know, there's only, there's very few people who are dorks. Cincinnatus was. I'm a dork. I'll admit it. I'm a dork. <laughs> Look at my show. <laughs> Cincinnatus. Cincinnatus was the first dork. Uh, Rome was at an existential, existential crisis, and he was a retired general. They, they went to him, they were loath to, and they said, will you save us? And he said, on one condition, what? Name it. Anything. Absolute power. Oh, well, hold on. We're not sure about that. Then they came back, okay, absolute power. He took absolute power, he saved Rome, and then he said, here's your power back, bye. I'm going back to my farm. And he, that's what he did. And they were so impressed by it, they were like, Oh, if he can do it, anybody can do it. No. Everyone is unique. And each person might only express something that only expresses rarely or once. Right. To assume that it's the, the average, that's managing to the exception. You can't manage the exception. You can't legislate morality because if you define morality, you have to define it all the way to the nth degree because anything not defined is permissible. Interesting. Well, I mean, this is this is the, the okay. This is all just true truth. Now, zero and one. What does that mean? That means one. If you're self-loving and loving yourself, and taking care of yourself, and accepting yourself truly, then you will start drawing people towards you. You'll do your thing, but you won't be out there proselytizing or pushing or out of anxiety trying to fulfill this image of yourself. Right. Right. But, but in doing so, in becoming self-validating, you are being beneficial to yourself. And honestly, when people settle down and accept themselves and see clearly first, like what's around us, and the fog mm -hmm. in your eyes, then what that means is that you are automatically a benefit to at least six other people. And we are separated by six degrees of separation. Now, love is quantifiable in this regard. In safety culture, you have to have clear, absolute, transparent communication. Remember I said about the boy who cried wolf? Right. That you still have to go? You can't have fear of repercussion for calling a work stop? Guess what else that is a pattern match for? Adult, mature, human, loving relationship. No ultimatums. You can leave anytime you want. And as soon as you get married, guess what? You can't leave anytime you want. You've just made it contractual. Why have you done that? Why have we made it a fear-based institution when it started out as a love-based? Wow. That's deep. That well, is very, very form. deep. That's hard to, that's where it forms everything. Literally, love just accepts. And, you know, I'll project on the love. I'll be like, what, do you think I, I could, shouldn't go over this cliff? And just because you think I won't make it, I'm going to go over this cliff. Ah! And then love comes down. If I'm still breathing, it, it patches me back up. And I go, ah, oh, that was dumb. 
I guess eventually I'll probably get, like I'm talking a lot. I guess eventually I'll just figure out, I'm just projecting my fears and hopes on you and it's bouncing right back at me. So why don't I just quit projecting it off you and I just accept that that's what I'm doing and, and maybe release it. Right. Well, the thing is, someday, hopefully not soon, someday that everybody will think about and understand that every thought, every fiber of that neuron thought that takes place in the mind travels out among the universe and turns around and comes right back from the source that it left. And not only that, it actually, you know, ripples through everyone and everything. Chris, I will tell you the truth right now. If you have ears to hear and eyes to see, that Shoot. moment is now. We have Shoot. enough people now for that to happen. Because now is the only moment that ever occurs. What did the rabbi mean when he said the kingdom of God is at hand? It meant it is only as far away as our decision to be that. Because he didn't heal people. People healed themselves by their faith and gratitude already realized that if they touched the hem, that would be that would work. That's all they had to do. They believed it so completely it was true. There was no doubt. They weren't like waiting to be healed. They already, they, the Hopi Indians, when they pray, they don't pray. They don't ask for things. They have gratitude that they already have it. They pay homage to the cardinal directions. Everything is backwards. Why is that? Because we have allowed people to mass power and wealth for millennia. And they're really good at it. They make addiction look like a lifestyle and they call it success. We call it success and give them more levers of power. What do they do? They secure their funnels of what they crave. What they crave is the attention of another human being. There's nothing more valuable than your focused attention, than your partner's focused attention. For somebody to be really in you, into you, the, nothing. The interaction, more. you're saying, the, the gravitation towards the interaction of, of, one another yes the more of it you have the connection yes yeah the more valid you feel but then it's like when you have those uh, high boots with the ankle supports your ankles actually weaken that's the pattern match is that they have all millions of people and followers and fans and they're self-valid the, the validity their ability to be self-valid is so weak they need every inch of it that's why they don't uh tip that's why they are stingy with every dime is because they need it they're addicted to it i, I will never be rich <laughs> i swear to god i will never be rich and the reason why is because i cannot live that life of penny pinching every single dime and every i can't if, if if money were heroin nobody would think anything of it they'd be like of course it's heroin but that it, it that's what the detention is when I, I, I don't know who's had 15 minutes of fame, but I, I dealt a little marijuana in college in my days to make ends meet. And when I stopped, I was shocked. Where are all my friends? Where are they? It was a hell of a letdown. Now imagine that on the scale of a Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. And, and they, when you get money, when you get a million dollars, immediately you will begin justifying. Because I've had $10,000 in my hand. And let me tell you, just as an experiment, 
I tossed it to a friend, a female friend. I said, count that. And she counted it. I said, how much? She goes, 10,000. I said, you want to have sex with me right now? And she goes, yes. And I said, I thought so. And I took the 10,000. And I went back. I just wanted to test and see if that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work? Was there, was well, there a success? Or what was, what was the no, experiment? No, no, no. I, we, I don't we, understand. We didn't sleep together, but $10,000 in your hand right there, just the reward without responsibility for how it was generated, how you get it. Right? That's okay. what people do anything to to have it is because all you have to do is weave your own story about how you got it. There's nothing tying it to what generated it. Was it the slavery of children? Or was, was it, it the murder? universe giving it to you? Yeah, like Mr. Moneybags up in the sky uh, is concerned about money. Value is something that we generate. It's whatever the collective is into and that will keep our attention over time. It could be marshmallows tonight if we wanted it to be. And tomorrow, every rich person would be looking for marshmallows because their money would be valueless. That's what the Consumer Confidence Index indicates is the confidence we have that the delusion and illusion is still valid. Right. So, yeah, all this is just based on truth of zero and one. What's a benefit? So if we want to put those engagements that we want to see more of to the test and we want to see Love Quantified, incorporate marriage. When you make the agreement, the Articles of Incorporation come your uh, nuptials, uh, and you also, when you incorporate, both you and your partner have a vote and your corporation is a person. You get all the tax benefits and tax breaks and you can have a super PAC if you want and donate money anonymously to your own cause. They can't do anything about it because it's corporate law. Right? Wow. You just, you just dropped some knowledge on me that I didn't even know anything about. That's L interesting. Yeah, nobody's done it. L3P, actually, we, I've been looking to do it in uh, maybe August or I don't know. I had a lawyer, but he, he said he didn't have the bandwidth. But I, it's a solid idea. This is the point. You could do an L3, L3, wait, a PL, a P3L, oh, which I've is a mission-based charitable organization that can earn some profit. It serves as a, guess what, a trial marriage uh, exercise where you could say, we'll meet back here in two years and uh, reassess if we're going to continue. But you have to discuss everything that that could happen. I know we love each other now, but if you're paralyzed from the neck down in four months, can I still have sex with other people? Or, you know, and it, what if we do have children? Children automatically are affiliated to the corporation and are have, have to be taken care of by all. So if the partnership separates, then they have to be affiliated in so much that they have to look for the best interest of the children that is under the care of the corporation. Right. Right. So, so it, it takes off your liability being in a marriage because getting divorced is like horrible. I've had two of them. That's, this is what started me in this, my second divorce. I was like, she came out of the closet, but man, it was so brutal. I was like, what is the point of this? Started no, I, I'm sorry that you had to experience that, but then again, no, you wouldn't be, but, but then again, you would not be here right now talking to me if you hadn't, right? So, so I was looking for value to, to add to that because what bank is going to go, oh yeah, yeah, okay, we'll just extend credit to you because you're a corporation and that sounds cool. Okay, but because we did that and we made the agreement once it's made and we are keeping it and it's demonstrable, we can upload that to the blockchain and the HUGS, the Uniform Gratitude System, 
through the Agape filter, which is the anthropocentric gauge and potential evaluator to any blockchain if it meets 80-20. 80% benefit for me and the other person. We meet all the agreements and it's beneficial for four other people, and it's my parents, their, her parents, uh, that's six people. And if it doesn't reach uh, higher than a handicap of 19%, negative effect or neutral on the environment or others, then it would get a token released uh, to everyone in the party, and then it would keep it in an archive. And that would be a reputation, a marker on the open blockchain of an agreement, a, a marriage LLC that, that was carried out well, because it can only be uploaded if it's a benefit. We don't punish, we don't reward neutrality because neutrality is not taking, it means you're not choosing anything. And that's not helpful. Might as well not be a part of the equation. But when you are necessarily a part of the equation and you refuse to be a part of the equation, then what, what are you in the equation? It's just a question. Uh, there are times to be neutral, but I don't think when it matters is the, is the time. Because it's not the evil we pass. Anybody's going to stop like somebody mur trying to murder somebody or somebody crying for help. But there's it's these little compromises we make every day that suddenly adds up to, uh, well, God, it's not the 80s and 90s anymore, is it? Did I lose everybody? <laughs> I got so used to you talking, Chris. I'm sorry. Let's see. Craig Donlin, host the solution. Hiya, my ingredients, Joyce Spirit, Sonny Parlett, Ross Curtis, Dr. E. Thomas Jr., DD. I use the talents God has given me to help influence, educate, and lead you into your kingdom identity. Doctor, I respect your stance. I respect what you're saying. But I have to say that that is a, a childlike understanding. That is a childlike understanding because love accepts. First John. Four, eight. That's all I'm using. I'm asking myself, what I just read in your description, is that loving? Is it loving for me to put out that the talents God has given me, that divinity has given me, is given to me to help influence, educate, and lead you? That's not very collaborative. But it's not your fault. It's no one's fault. My parents were guessing. My mom's guessing still. My mom hangs up on me every time. They've cast me out and shut me out because they think I'm crazy, period. But it should never be a practice. It should never be an option to cut out family. Because what led to, right after I dedicated myself to the will of love, my mom said, now that you're baptized, you're accountable. You have to admit that you don't know God. That was a lie. Because I didn't know at the time that me knowing God and being vetted by two pastors for two hours and them coming out and saying, we're baptizing him right now. I didn't know that I had caused a doctoral, doctrinal, doctrinal quandary because I had proven that love existed in me as it does everyone without having to be baptized, without having to receive grace. Because what's the point of creating a broken thing, much less beating it 
throughout eternity. I got to ask you something about this baptizing. So sure. after you had the baptizing, there was judgment on this saying that you did not know the whatever you want to call it, the almighty magnificent, basically. It's just love. It's just I never called it God. I heard the adults describing God as love. Right, but the but the church is telling you that you didn't know. No, the church, or, church, the pastor, because they said he won't shut up about it. He's convinced. We set him straight, so they sent me down. And Brother Gibson, uh, about forty-five minutes, and he's like, "Now, Panky, this is serious." Uh, you know, and I, you know, I knew it was serious, but I thought all the kids had done it before me, and I was the last one. That's why they were treating me weird, right? Because all kids come to this realization. I figured this way, so I was just late to the party, of course. <laughs> and then he, after 45 minutes, he said, hold on, Packy," And he went and got the other pastor. And then after an hour, I'm like, really reconsidering the, the, the smartness of my... Uh, yeah, my was, is this a cult that you were joining no, no, or what? Assemblies of God. Uh, I just, the kids were treating me weird and I'm very observant. And, and I couldn't figure it out. And I was trying to figure it out. And I overheard the adults talking. And they were describing God as love. And I was like... <gasps> Love. Every time I try to picture that concept, I can't put it into an image. Oh, wait, no craving image. And, and, and love, it only goes up there when it's love and it's very uh, precise and absolute about the scenarios and situations. Okay, okay, I know love. I want to, I, I know God, I know God. Please, please, maybe this is why, because the kids don't tell me this is like a secret thing that they you have to come to on your own. Uh, I, I So that's why I thought, of course they're going to say, oh, sure, because... They probably did with all the kids. That's my whole life. My whole life has been like, okay, who has converted all of their operating system into the new system with their truck fleet? I shoot my hand up because I figure I just made into the wire. I was probably the last one. And I'm the only one with my hand up. Which turned me into the trainer for all the other facilities. Great. Interesting. I, I, I don't... I had a, a situation that happened at, at a church that my father had went to, and I witnessed the baptizing that took place, which was really, really kind of cool. I witnessed this water reflection of the light coming onto the tub, and as they they are speaking in a different language, I watch the baptizing taken, but I don't really understand anything that they're saying because I'm looking at the reflection of the wall mm. of where the shadow is shining from the light and i see the ripples of the water the only mm. thing i know at this moment in time is water and ripples and you know love and, um, um, emotion and everything and as it's happening they dunk the individual they're getting ready to dunk the individual you could see the ripples of the water rippling away from this individual and mm. as they dip him in the water completely, I witnessed the ripples go in the reverse direction to into him. And I was like, whoa, this is intriguing. Um, I want to be very clear about this. Hold on, Chris. And I typically, I, I want to hear the rest of this, that it's intriguing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to step back and let you finish that. <laughs> What's intriguing was the fact that I don't understand the language that is being talked about 
as the baptizing is happening. But all I felt and all the emotion within the congregation was the fact that there was nothing but love. And it was overwhelming with love. And it was like, wow, I would like to be baptized. That if that's what that experience is, am I worthy to have this? So I asked this. I right in my in my word. So I, I asked this. Do you have nineteen ninety five? Right. I asked this question of myself, and then it's like, okay, well, I'll I'll ask if I could if I can have this. And then what happens is the so called brother or whoever that's the underdog of the whole group um, is like, no, no, you need to come to our church and you need to be here. And you need to walk this path. It's like, excuse me? Wait, what? What? I thought that's not what this is about. Um, okay, wait, what? So it, it really kind of gave me a sour taste with the whole baptizing thing, which at this point, now I've come to a realization if I actually really want to go get baptized, I'm going to go out in nature and I'm actually going to do it myself, <laughs> surrounding nature and, yeah. and actually mind, body, soul of nature telling me yeah and, and go to the mountain of the most high and do my own baptizing you know pretty yeah, much on reboot. It's, it's kind of required to do your own reboot i do i do agree with that uh to give yourself a fresh start but let me let me be very clear is that um i just couldn't believe how they were treated me like no 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 you can't you're not worthy of this it's like anything that is outside of life it is impossible for the collective to know. So it can only be verified subjectively, right? Or by witnesses. Is not love. Because love would never do that. Why? Why would love never part a puddle? Because in doing so, it would prove a power that is being applied beyond the scope and ken of any human. And necessarily that would inspire awe, fear, reverence. Everything that love sh might find useful if you're a child and you need to obey, but we are not children, we are adults. It's, it, it, my love gets in the ditch with me. My love is the culmination of all experience. It's every nail hammering, it's every bathroom cleaning, it's every toenail clipping, period. It is still an emergent feature because guess what, love, couldn't exist in this reality because of the de definition and boundaries of the reality exclude necessarily the ability for it to be in this reality. Think of That's it this due way. to the limitation of everybody putting on themselves. You can't, yeah, you can't have limitless in a limited scope. It's just like you can only have so much resolution in any simulated game, no matter how good the VR is. You can't go beyond the bounds of the world that it exists in so think of it like this the author of a choose your own adventure book yeah i used to read lone wolf back when i was a kid you you know you go to the page and it says you're gonna fight the orcs or you're gonna hide behind the bushes until the battle is over and then if depending on what it said you'd be like oh well, i don't want to be a coward you go back and choose the other one right now the author wrote the book the author knows all the choices that are available the author knows all the characters that could possibly be in the book and all the options it could possibly pick. However, to publish the book, 
means the book is published. Now, in the real world, the author can't unpublish it and fix it or put himself in the book like the never-ending story. That's not possible. But what if, for our reality to exist, what if he had to, like, give up agency and being and decohere, like Kintsugi, when they break a ceramic uh, and then they put a piece of back together and it's stronger than before? Because there's nothing new under the sun. And I'm telling you, archaeology and history shows there was a world-spanning architecture that was advanced, really advanced, and that it collapsed. That is, without doubt, what happened. Why did it collapse? What happened? And it was advanced. There, that is a good question. Did the collective cohere previously? Was it the Tower of Babel they were talking about, metaphorically? Right? Because the collective intelligence is different than the subjective intelligence, inherently. Think of it this way. They did a research study. You can find it on uh, Morgan Freeman's Through the Wormhole. Love that series. Oh, that's where that's Here's, where he was like kind of going around uh, kind of trying to know God or something. No, no, no. That was, that was after this one. That was a this, good one. He, he, went, he, they, he was checking out these scientists who were checking out how ants communicate by putting dye in the ants so when they swapped spit they could trace the pattern that it makes and see where it goes throughout the colony wow when they were done they had a pattern right because they were tracing it uh and one of the researchers goes hold on a minute and he went home and he came back and he said i want you all to see this he put up the uh the the uh, pattern that was made when they had a chimpanzee wired up uh and they had it problem solving it made almost the identical pattern as ants were making when they were sharing data within the colony. Now, what the researcher said is we don't know. It's whenever there's a match of a pattern, there is a correlation. It's up to us to figure out what it is. Does this mean there's a nascent meta mind? Uh, you know, that their collaboration is making like this self-aware, collaborative, uh, collective mind that is operating in some other layer outside of beyond the ants? Well, that is something that is seen throughout nature. We ourselves are emergent features of a collaborative system that is in collective one of mind. Right. Yeah. What the ants demonstrated is it doesn't have to be in the same container. It just has to be uh, cl closely aligned. So that means that the ants can ma make it happen, the next layer of the onion. Do you think DNA thinks that because they're close in tight collaboration, uh, all life is possible, or they're just like really happy about their community. Is there an oxygen atom out there going, man, if only I were a helium atom, then I'd get so much higher. Right. No. Right. So, but what if, what if in giving up the agency, like what if you had to freeze? And, uh, okay, you're frozen. You cannot unfreeze until you go inside and meet every single cell of your body. Necessarily, you will meet some cells that will be aware that you are them looking at yourself. <laughs> at yourself, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you have to convince them without forcing them. And, and I had to do that with my wife, actually. Or you can unfreeze. I had to do that with my wife. Really? You froze her? Is she still frozen? Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I literally talked to her when she was in a coma after when she had a massive coronary stroke after she gave birth to our twins oh wow it was a fucking experience excuse my language no no what's like 
you know, people would complain the rabbi uh, is hanging out with prostitutes and drunks and all that. That's because they've seen behind the curtain. They know what's bullshit and what's not. This is this, this is the most correlating time period to the Second Temple history that I know of. We got we got a Gracchus who's speaking like the people, but is also like Octavian. We've got uh, Pharisees and Sadducees running around uh, quoting scripture. You know, oh, you can't hold the whole scripture to First John four eight if it's not loving, it's not God. For God is love. That's out of context. No, but see, it's unequivocal in its application and understanding. Love is love. We know what love isn't. That's how I came to love. I just asked my. I, I know what it isn't. Well, I, I have a strong belief behind the, the, the idea of the hive mind, per se, if, if that's such a thing, which it sounds weird that it says hive mind, because I feel like it's the Borg of Star Trek, of the hive collective. That's not what this is. This is right, right. But, but on the other hand, when, when she had her stroke and she turned around and, and went through that experience, I reached out on on social media and i was like hey you guys this is what's happened please you know have her in your thoughts and prayers however you can please just you know send her love you know because yeah. we need to get through this and she was able to recover from that and she's 100 almost 100 percent back to normal um That's it's, Thank you. It, it's That's a miracle well, I mean, think of it this way. If all time is happening at once, the present is the only eternal thing, right? There is no past or future in reality. It's just now. Uh, that's constantly now. Uh, we are all connected by our subconscious hypothalamus. That's where the subconscious is, right? It's the same from human to human. Our life experiences are different. But if time doesn't exist and all times are happening at once, per physics, then does that not mean that all times and all years are existing at once. Have you ever had a near miss where you should be dead? I've had a few. I've oh, one too many, thank you. Yeah, if it's a choose your own adventure kind of learning experience, right? If this is truly a uh, toddler pen that we are in, really, uh, where we go where we want, then if, where you have a near miss in one place, you just jump over to the place where you just barely made it. Because do you feel the universe where you went right when you go left? No. Mm, that's where I think the deja vu comes into play. It's like, hey, wait, I Maybe. just did this. Uh, I And this is actually a longer deja vu. Than oh, we have seven, six minutes, actually. And I just thought the other day, I said, maybe that's where eternal, quote unquote, life is, is in the collect woke collective subconscious, in the collective memory. If, if, the, if the collective is awoke, if it's awake, if it's awake, right, and that takes every person subjectively with free will, choosing to actively be in the now and and working together in small autonomous groups uh, that that have good feedback, right, high integrity, then it would make sense that we could just zoom in to whatever memory we collectively focused on. Right, because when when she had that experience with the stroke, um, the you know coma, I've said it over and over that it's the brain resetting itself yes. when you go into a coma. So technically, you're still alive. And they said, "Well, no, there's no brain 
brain activity. Bullshit. There is brain activity. Maybe because they're astral projecting at that moment and they're not exactly there in their body. Oh, wait, wait, get, wait, get this, get this. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. So Dr. Ian Stevenson recently published his extensively long research on past lives by going to children under the ages of like six or... Oh, yes, I've heard of that. And statistically, the probability is evidence that he he was very cautious and careful in his collecting of data because he didn't want the samples to be tainted. Right. The accuracy, it's easier to say it's impossible. And yet here it is. I also have the pattern, the intra, intra, intrapersonal pattern. It's, it's a match with four, no, five other uh, processes that are like molecular cell, commu- cellular communication between cell membranes, uh, safety culture, intra and intrapersonal communication, cell validation, value generation. I mean, that's a lot of pattern matches. It's easier to say it's impossible, right? I'm nothing special. He's nothing special, but think of it this way. If the collective human, right, that's woke, could focus on any memory and we could all go to that memory and experience it and live it, then isn't reincarnation a misunderstanding of, yep. what, of us yep. being a memory in the one's mind? Yep, exactly. Right. And if this is a memory, I got to tell you, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it because I can, like... You can write this, this memory out for the end of time, basically. Yeah, well, it's, it makes sense. It matches that we can test it because we know all things we experience in our minds are in our minds. What we lose are the pathways to... Well, it, what's interesting is the idea of, of uh, Einstein's theory of relativity. You know, you may perceive... Oh, that's right, right, right. But you, you, you perceiving two people go to a concert or something per se, and what they're experiencing emotion through catharsis, excuse me, they may not experience the same type of catharsis, right? But they, but, yeah, they're experiencing the same exact concert. However, if you get someone's painting or you get somebody's writing or their art, you really get it. You can virtually see the world through their eyes right which is why dictators take out artists and writers first think on this i mean we're getting we're getting on some stuff right here follow me here okay so we got the uh collective consciousness right and we're we're uh if we're all connected there's a theory of entanglement where if one if if it's in sync you could take the uh, other atom and put it on the other side of pluto and take the one that's right here and turn it, and it would turn instantly. Where it was at? You could put it on the other side of the universe, it would turn instantly. What Einstein called spooky action at distance. What if that's just demonstrable of the subconscious connection to each other? This interlinking of, of Wi Fi, basically. Yes, that psychic ability is a misunderstanding of an emergent feature. Time itself is a misunderstanding of an emergent feature. Why do I know this? Because there is no spoon. <laughs> well, well, well self validating. This is what happened to me twice. When I, when I first realized that love was quantifiable, I went, wait a minute. So love is safety, but love is as safety, even safety has metrics. So love is, can be quantifiable. There's a way to demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. So it's noble. It's testable. You can make predictions mm-hmm. off it. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. That means the love that I've wanted to know is knowable and it's not in the world 
now. Not the love that I expected to find. I'm sure it is somewhere where I'm not seeing it. Uh, it's there. It's just you to be, not be experiencing at the moment. I have to be that love. You know, you see the problem, you're the one who needs to fix it. You're the one who is good enough to do it. Don't trust that somebody else better is seeing it. Right. We'll do it because that's just letting the person drown. Right. Yeah. So that, that, and when I relaxed, I, la I laughed and I cried. And I was like, oh, God, it's noble. Cool. And I, I was walking to the convenience store and I was just totally relaxed. I mean, completely relaxed. And when I, I was just open. And when I got to the convenience store, every everybody I encountered, every movement they made, every move of the eye, every wink, every position, every stance, right. tone inflection, the words they chose to use and the words they chose not to use in the context of what they were addressing meant they were, we are broadcasting everything about ourselves all the time. Right. It's, it's done every day, day in, day out. It's not psychic. It's, it's that we're not acknowledging. We don't, we're not seeing it. We're not, we're, some of us are, we have it turned off and well, some of us have it turned off. It's just accepting yourself because your conscious mind and your subconscious mind relax and they have a little then overlap. Right. And that's called your life flow. That's being in what I call in the spirit of the collective. Right. That's where the two bodies are actually communicating simultaneously together. <laughs> yeah, this is nothing that is honky-dory. It's nothing uh, that, that has to be, you don't have to die to find out or to learn. You don't have to bl believe in blind faith that it is so because what person blindfolds their kid and says uh, get on this motorcycle good luck you'll make it if you just believe you're going to make it you're going to manifest that motorcycle all the way to california from new york no that's ridiculous yeah there's some serious meditation that has to take place first for that one <laughs> no no it's it's just it, it do, it's just acceptance it's just acceptance it's all it is is acceptance, and, and the more I accept myself. And don't here's here's a question for you. Here's a question for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to derail you. No, no, no. Please, please. You got the free man. If you are driving down the highway, right, or, or some side street or something like that, you're on your like way. driving on a parkway, parking on a driveway. There you go, and you're you're sitting there, and you see the person coming up to the intersection, and they're t-boning to the intersection perpendicular to where you are so therefore they're automatically looking to their right for some apparent reason i don't know why um that's not where people would hit them it's to actually their left is where you know traffic oncoming traffic is but they always end up looking to the far right first at the stop sign when they're pulling up versus actually looking at their far left and they focus on the far right and then they're about to pull out and then you're like no don't even do it i'm right here don't and then you you send that signal of like uh-uh you know and then all of a sudden they whip their head real fast they look at you and they're like yeah that's right that's luck that's luck in a, in a very real sense i gotta agree with einstein that god does not god does not play dice and this is what he means by that. Why the hell do we have our road system the way it is? It makes absolutely no sense. There's no integrity to it. Our whole 
American system has no integrity. It's inconsistent as hell. It's only consistent in who it benefits. Why aren't we driving bumper cars? Why wouldn't you cap the speed limit if there is such a thing as a speed limit? Why wouldn't you? Safety is where you do make the bumper cars because safety concerns everybody. Well, then there's no money to be made at the body shops at that point. <laughs> but you don't you don't hand a machine a fully automatic machine gun to an eight year old and go go out there and learn it and then not tell anybody. You know, that's just, there, there's some things, if, if when your subjective freedom impinges or endangers or causes the harm of some, the collective, if you're willing to risk other people for a belief or even if uh, an intellectual fallacy that you have, like not wearing a mask just because you don't like wearing the mask, that means you're willing for them to die. You might as well be murdering them yourself. Because why would you do that? Why would you be willing to sacrifice somebody else for your belief? That's not love. Mm, that's very interesting going that route. Because we were just at oneness with mind, body, and soul, and how that your whole entire existence of your body is designed to keep you alive, right? And help you as a human being survive. So therefore, if it's actually there fighting off the virus and, you know, building up an immunity to it, why would you be wearing a mask if you built up immunity to it? It was all hackneyed, man. Like, if you have to have consistent, uh, consistent directives, consistent everything if you're going to be uniform in your application of handling something that is unknown and possibly dangerous True. for everyone. Because there there are others make, out there that it is very much acceptable to. I actually caught COVID. A, yeah, you can't make it... Yeah, it's the boy who cried wolf. This is the classic example of the boy who cried wolf. And and some people went, oh, he's just faking. That's not, he's not really calling, crying wolf. And the others are like, how can you not respond? You're supposed to respond to the wolf cries, uh, crying wolf, or somebody's going to get eaten. You, you respond every time. You can't ignore it. That's, this, that's what we're in. We're a perfect example. Thank you, Chris. Uh-oh. That's the perfect analogy. We're, we're in the uh, boy cried wolf fallacy. Well, I mean, I understand the mask situation, but to sit here inside your car and wear a mask inside your car while you're by yourself... And you can barely breathe the oxygen that you need. To. Oh, I'm not saying that. No, no. if you're in that car, do, do, do that. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I feel very, very sad for that individuals. Yeah. That I, I, you, you feel, you know where I'm going, right? Yeah, I wouldn't do it. To, I wouldn't do it to my detriment in my car. I would do it in public because right, public in in public area where yeah, you where are, are around others that you have never been around before. Obviously, wearing a mask is the safe thing to do. And that is what you should do. But when you're sitting there driving in your car, the windows are rolled up. And yeah, okay, you could look at our earth and say, okay, we had the meltdown happen. We've had the tsunamis happen. We've had acid rain practically in those days. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, we've had things happen and stuff has happened and it's dangerous. 
But to be in that fear state of mind, being in your car, wearing gloves and having a mask, it's like, really? 